This podcast is brought to you by Eisner Award-winning comic book store, Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. And listeners like you, head to TwoHeadedNerd.com and click donate or check us out at Patreon backslash TwoHeadedNerd. Reporting from the maker at Omaha, it's time for the Weekly Nerd News Recap with your two-headed reporter, Joel Dwight. Welcome to your THN Nerd News Recap for the week of May 29th through 6-4. That's June 4th, sorry. I'm your head number one. My name is Matt Baum. This is hard-hitting news, Joe. That's how we do it. What were you, what were you too good to say the, the month? The I don't like time. talking about June, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm your head number two. You may know me as the Internet's Joe Patrick. We begin this week with Flash movie news that, for a change, doesn't include Batman. Oh, my God! Flash! Hi. Hi. I love you. Thank you. Touching you into Mr. Wayne. No, please don't. Um, I need you here now, Barry. Good news, everyone. Everything is fine with Ezra Miller. You can go ahead and forget about everything that happened. There's nothing to see here, and everything is okay. Speaking on the Discourse podcast, Flash director Andy Muschietti was asked if Ezra Miller would not be recast in any possible Flash sequels, and the director said, very diplomatically, I might add, if a sequel happens, yes. I don't think there's anyone that can play the character as well as they did. The other depictions of the character are great, but this particular vision of the character, they just excelled in doing it. And as you said, the two berries, it feels like a character that was made for them, which I think might be a subtle dig at Ezra and what could be a multiple personality disorder. <laughs> no, it is not. I don't know. The Flash hits theaters June 15th, and the studio sure wants us to forget Miller's Rocky 2022. But, Joe, is this even, like, a story? Is there anything here at all? I mean, I think it's a story because Andy Machete, I I like to call him Andy Machete. Yeah, you really do, who sounds like a a mob strong arm, you know, like somebody who comes and (laughs) carves up your family when you don't pay. (laughs) Uh, Hey, uh, don't worry, uh, we're going to send Andy Machete over there to take care of business. I think coming right out and saying that Ezra would be allowed to keep his job is a huge mistake. I kind of do too. So this I sounds think it's like a huge mistake. Doubling down on we fully support them no matter what. And man, you are rolling some dice. But then again, here's the other side of this. I think they can say whatever they want because they know there aren't any more of these movies. James Gunn and Safran, they flat out said, yeah, we're starting over. We're starting over. They're not going to recast anybody from well, the old movies. They're not going to bring anybody back. And honestly, the only way I would see, the only way that I would see a sequel to this is if it literally makes a billion dollars. And then they're like, all right, well, money's there. Yeah, figure out how to bring them back. Well, I right. Know. I mean, that's exactly right. It's the, nothing is off the table if the money is, if, is I right. So it, it doesn't matter what Gunn says or what he has said or what the current plan is. If, if The Flash makes a ton of money they will definitely consider bringing Ezra Miller back for, if not a sequel, then an appearance in something, uh, you know, a different movie. And I like, it's not like there isn't precedent in comic book fiction or any other kind of multiverse fiction, you know, flash changes the universe. Like it's flashpoint, right? He changes the universe and that's what get, and that is presumably what's going to give us this new DCU. Why wouldn't he still be in it? You know, it, it like, when Barry changed the past of the DCU in the comics, 
Yeah. He was, he was still the guy. He, he was, was still, still around. Right. And so money is going to, is going to be the deciding factor, but I don't, and I want to, I want to make it clear. I believe in a philosophy of redemption and forgiveness. And if Ezra Miller is truly doing the work to get better and is truly repentant for the things that they did, I'm not saying that Ezra Miller shouldn't ever work in Hollywood again. Sure. However, yeah, Ezra didn't commit like capital crimes, but still. Yeah, I mean, like there's a lot there's a lot of baggage there and a lot of people are just not cool with supporting Ezra Miller, uh, supporting The Flash because of that and that is fine, that's a personal decision. Should they let Ezra be this tentpole character in their ongoing Fresh start for DC. No, I don't think so. Let me let me take that a step further. I don't think that Ezra is going to be a tentpole character in this movie, quite honestly, with the amount of Batman that they're showing well. us. So <laughs> it, it's just all talk. It's all talk and it's BS. And I don't think we I need know. to worry about it. Yeah, and I think it's... if Gunn and Saffron are smart at all, and they are very smart, Gunn is a guy that almost got chased out by trolls at Marvel and then got hired back. You know, yep. like, so he understands how delicate all this shit is. And if they're smart, they go, thank you for your service flash. We're moving forward from here. And that's that. Right. I, and I think it'll be sometime, uh, you know, we already know that the first plan, the, the, you know, the first 10 year plan or however many years it is for gods and monsters. Chapter one has nothing to do with the flash. We know every movie and show on the slate so far. Right. Right. Which again, isn't to say that money won't, Cause them to add something new, but yeah, like I said, if it grosses a billion I think it, dollars, I think you can bet your right. baby with a bullet in its mouth that Miller, Kara, oh, and Bradley boy. Keaton are back from yeah, more. boy, you you did it. Uh, I think that it'll be a good long while before we hear anything about the Flash again after this movie. So yeah, you know, handshake, gold watch. Yep. Thank you. Enjoy your retirement from the DC universe. Sure. Moving on to comic news from the Marvel desk, Jason Aaron's Punisher story, which saw Frank joining the hand to become the embodiment of their murder God on earth, replacing his signature skull, ditching his guns for a sword and gaining superpowers. Wow. He's out. That is a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> came, came to an end this week in a story they should have called so long, Frank. How did you miss that guys? Seriously? Come on. It's because we had welcome back. We had welcome back, Frank. Right. Uh, you know, happy. <laughs> Happy trails, Frank. I <laughs> yeah, don't know. something. Matt, did Marvel and Aaron's plan to take back the Punisher work? And now that it's over, how do we feel about the final Punisher run uh, for now? And without any spoilers, since yeah. it's a brand new issue. Not going to spoil anything. Um, what is your gut reaction to uh, Frank's new status quo? Okay, that's a spoiler in itself. So <laughs> I wouldn't even. Well, look. That. Okay, I, I, spoiler. Frank doesn't die. Well, sure, but and okay, so just and stop. we all know it's <laughs> just, the Punisher. No, just, no, I'm just saying it's the Punisher no more. It's what they're saying. They, right. they come right out and said it. And so at the end of the issue, Frank is no longer the Punisher. He's got a new status quo. That's all we're gonna say. Sure. All I want to know is how you feel about it because I, it is very different. I very much enjoyed this run way more than I thought I was going to. I think this creative team did a fantastic job. And, uh, as Akeda and says, art was just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. 
did they su- succeed in rescuing the Punisher from the Proud Boys and cops that shoot people? No, <laughs> no, the Punisher skull. Well, no, but it's not really about rescuing. No, I know, but I know. It's but it, like the whole- it's about Marvel taking their own stand and saying, you know what? Sure. This is how we feel about but that. But like, it's not going to change anything. No, the demon skull didn't I, do and it. And I don't think that's what it was about. And the I don't latest, think it was about changing anything. No, they kind of build it that way. I mean, Jason Aaron I just wanted to tell so. a story. I, I think that, like, I read the thing at the end by Jason Aaron that he wrote, and he, and I think it's more of Marvel saying the symbol has become something that, you know. Yeah, it, we don't want to be a part Aaron, of. Jason Aaron speaks for himself in the, in the, in the essay, but he says, it's being used as a symbol uh, for something that I don't believe in. Right. And so, you know, so Marvel's we're saying, we're saying goodbye themselves. to Frank for now or the, yeah. the Punisher, at least the we're Punisher. To the Punisher. That's where I'm, that's where I'm going with this. I very much like this run. I think it ended about as well as it could. Was it a perfect ending? No, it's kind of head scratching. And it leads me to ask the question like, so the Punisher is gone, but we know Frank's not gone. If Frank is reworked into a different character, do people still care about Frank? Like, if you I mean, a, it depends on how they do it. I suppose. And who they get to do it. But if you have a book, like, fundamentally, just on a basic level, if you have a book starring Frank Castle that does not have the words The Punisher on the cover, does it sell it all? I don't care really about that. Like, that's not... I, I'm approaching it from a fan standpoint. Like, Marvel, that's Marvel's job to worry about that. Well, sure, but the point I, being, if... Look, I get it, but it's not going to be a, around if nobody buys it. Like, a, do again, people care like, about Frank being separated from the Punisher is my question. I think it depends on how they go about it and who they get to tell those stories. I'm I having a tough time with it, to be perfectly honest. Be dependent on... Like they'll have to get a really big creative team and sell and like really pitch the hell out of it. Oh yeah. Because like and quite honestly, just we'll, because you got rid of the Punisher skull and the name the Punisher is gone, Frank still did all the super Frank violent stuff that he did, you know? No, it's true. And uh, so here's my hot take, I guess. I don't give a shit about the Punisher. And the Punisher has had 15 different relaunches. And all of them get canceled. Oh, all yeah, of them. sure, sure. None of, like, uh, or Garth Ennis. Or rebranded and relaunched and whatever. Well, but I mean, Gar- like, none of them have, la- like, every take since Ennis has been completely different because, like with Daredevil, Writer X needs to come in and put a stamp on it. Sure. And that's why we get, you know, oh, the stuff that Greg Rucka did in his excellent but short-lived run. We get what, um, shoot, I don't even remember who it was, where the Punisher had War Machine armor. You know, I don't even remember who wrote that. And who was that? I don't remember. I, I, it doesn't matter, yeah. but it didn't last is the point. Yeah. And so, like, nobody has nobody has given uh, a crap about the Punisher for any sort of long-term, you know, run since Garth Ennis left the book. No, I don't disagree. And I don't really care if there's no Punisher comic. I don't need it. I'm not interested in it. I think that's where I'm at. I love the Punisher. I love the character. And I have loved a lot of Punisher stories. I'm okay with the Punisher going away for now. Because it's just not very uh, relevant. And that symbol has been perverted into something really gross by people that I don't want to have anything to do with. You know, like, I'm not right. going to put on a Punisher t-shirt. And I know people yeah. that got Punisher tattoos back in the day that are like, God Damn it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So, yeah, yeah uh, I think you can I, let Frank go. I don't need him to come back. 
Well, I think that where I'm at with it is that I don't care about the Punisher, but I can be convinced to care about Frank. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do something new and fun with Frank. And I'm there. It's like when they did Frankencastle, right? It's like, oh, yeah, great. I mean, but that was you know, still he was still wearing a Punisher skull. He was still the Punisher. I, he just I understand, funny, but you know? it was a complete departure. From I totally the agree. But it was and so, those elements were there is what I'm saying. Yes, but that's not my point. My point is that it was a completely different take on yes. on on character on the character. And if they do that again with Frank not adopting the Punisher role and just being in his new you know situation, Ronan. <laughs> I want to read it. I mean, when I Punisher puts on the Ronin costume, not, not Ronin, please. Yeah. So sell me on Frank, make me care about Frank again. I'm fine with the Punisher being gone for a long while. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I'm on the other side where if no Punisher, I don't need Frank either. I think it's fine and I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm not begging for more. Well, I mean, I'm okay either way, but yeah. if it's a good, if it's good, if the story's good, yeah, of course. It was Matthew Rosenberg that put Frank in the war machine. Oh yeah, armor. yep. That was kind of fun. <laughs> it was a good time. I read one issue and didn't. I liked it. It was a good time. I just, I just don't care. I don't, I don't. Garth Ennis's Punisher. It, it had a, a spark that people have not been able to recapture. I agree. I agree. And and it was more about the character of Frank than it was. I enjoyed more about Frank than I did about Frank going out and murdering people. Like Although that's, there, was, there was plenty of Frank murdering people. Though. There was, <laughs> but it, there was more to it. It was, it was, sure. it had more depth. It had more yes. depth than that. He definitely and added some depth to it. I definitely don't need Frank's dead wife being alive. No, that's, I was still alive, by the way. I waited waited for the entire run for that to be some sort of trick. Yeah, and you had Doctor Strange right there. All he had to do was be like, sorry, man. You know? (laughs) Like, whatever. In news, Joe Patrick does care about. Just over a year after Cap's last relaunch, Marvel is announcing plans for the next Captain America relaunch this September. Get ready. For Captain America, number one, by J. Michael Straczynski and Jesus Saez. Joe, are we excited? Or should we start taking bets on what issue JMS stops showing up for work? (laughs) Look, I like Jesus Saez. He's great. We're just singing his praises about the Punisher. amazing, yes. And he also drew, um, uh, sadly, he drew the unfortunate Nick Spencer Captain America series where he was secretly a Hydra agent. St- look great. Can't tell me. But it was a beautiful good. comic book. Yeah, it looked great. And so, yeah, Jesus says drawing Captain America, sure. J. Michael Straczynski does not interest me as a writer anymore. I find all. this really I, odd, right? Like he is odd. He has burned them so bad in the past, both DC and Marvel in the past. Now he's also had hits with both DC and Marvel. So, sure. I mean, and I get it. He's a, uh, he's still a big name. He's still a big and, Hollywood writer. And, and, and look, we, we, t- we we're making a lot of jokes about what he did about how he bailed on, um, you know, one more day and how he quit Superman and Wonder Woman. He had reasons for doing that. Sure. That had to do with his treatment at the company and you know what? That's fine. But it's not like he didn't also like, do a really great Thor run that I enjoyed. Did a fantastic it's, Thor run. His Spider-Man that, run started really good too. And then boy, a real nice start. And then let's talk about that for a second here. JMS is planning the, a story that he says takes cap 
back to his roots. Sure. So this is the Marvel quote. Decades ago, Steve. He's the, um, he's the captain totem. Right. Well, we'll get to that. Decades ago, Steve Rogers changed the world forever, and now powerful and insidious forces are assembling to ensure he never does it again. Past, present, and future collide as the man out of time reckons with an existential threat determined to set the world on a darker path at any cost. The threat, JMS is playing on a real-world group called the German-American Bund. It was formed in 1936. They are American Nazi sympathizers. They're still around today. This is effectively our... Our serpent society, <laughs> you know, or if else. You will. <laughs> so they are JMS going back to Cap's roots, and the last time he did that was with Spider Man. And when we got down to the root of JMS's Spider Man, we found out this story sucks. Like this is not yeah. what we want for our Spider Man. While this sounds a little more grounded to me, if they're gonna try and tell me that Nazis secretly created Captain America. I'm not cool with that. I'm out. Like I am out. Like, it's yeah, like, no, it's one I thing, don't like, think they'll do that. I get like Hellboy is a devil's, you know, kid or whatever. And he chose well, that's to be a good that's, guy. That's his character from the jump. But if yeah. you, if he tries to go back in and mess with no. caps, like mess with caps, you know, origin so much. So that Nazi straight up worked to create him. Like, so uh, here's, the, right here's another, that. Here's another quote that makes me feel a little bit better about that theory because I also thought of that and I'm not I'm not I'm not okay with that. Uh quote for a young Peter Parker the murder of his uncle Ben was a transformational event putting him on the path to becoming Spider-Man. This story will be equally transformational putting a young Steve Rogers on the path to being the hero he eventually becomes. So, we're going back to Steve's roots. It involves this historical group of American Nazis. We already have it. We already know from established lore, it was the American government. Right. And there were Nazi, you know, there were Nazi spies that infiltrated the part. Like, we already have that. Sure. And we don't need him to be a secret Nazi experiment because then why would they have an assassin there to kill the Professor Erskine? Of like, course. It doesn't make any, it right. doesn't make any sense. But uh, we also know that Steve... Uh, Steve's sense of morality was formed by his mother mm-hmm. who was an abused spouse and his dad was a real piece of shit. What if they revealed that his dad was a member of yeah. the German American bun? And I, it's I like, think that's where it's and going. And that's why Steve was so determined to join the army. I think that's where it's going. The cover of Captain America, number one in the background, you've got cap in the arm, you know, in his armor. And then there's a young Steve Rogers with a bloody nose and a black eye squaring yeah. off with somebody. So yeah. You know, he can, he can do this all day. I think, yeah, I think it's going to be something. I, like I think he's going to find out that somebody close to him, like his dad, who we is like, his dad is a non-entity other than flashbacks where he's a shithead. Yeah. Make him a Nazi. Fine. Screw it. And, and that's why Steve hates Nazis so bad that he was jo- determined to lie and cheat his way into the army. Yeah. And it, yeah, great. That's fine. So this is JMS returning to Marvel. What? 15, tw- 20 years after his last work? Well, 15 years? Uh, I'm, I would have to, I would have to look like it was one more day before or after his Thor run. It was after because he left Marvel after that. He was like, I'm done out. I guess. Look, he's capable of writing very good things. Right. We know this. And we're hoping for the it's best. It's just that we're hoping for the he's, best. <laughs> he's got a long, but he's got a long enough history of, of things that I didn't like. His name does not excite me. 
And, you know, if, if Marvel had said, okay, you know, this is no shade on Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing, but if they had said the new writer of, um, you know, Captain America is, uh, you know, Matt Fraction, that's a name I'm pulling out of thin air, but sure, you know what sure. I mean? Somebody like that's a spe- that's somebody that's like a legitimate writing superstar, Mark Wade coming back, right? Or whatever. If they had said that, or, you know, we lured Ed Brubaker back, you know, right. Like, that would be like, whoa. If they had said, uh, the new writer of Captain America is, you know, Jed McKay, that's a lateral move because I think Jed McKay yeah. and Kelly and Lansing kind of are on the same level at Marvel, all up and coming writers that we're excited about. Sure. That have yet to like achieve superstar status. Right. JMS is, I don't even think that's a lateral move, man. I, I think that's, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm not, I'm not excited about it. I think he's burned a lot of people and I think he's proven to be one of those creators. Every creator wants to come, like you said, and put their stamp on a character. But JMS is one of those creators that doesn't just want to come in and put a stamp on stuff. He wants to come in and fundamentally screw with shit. He wants to take a Sharpie and draw all over Yeah, you know, and like, that, I don't know, yeah. that worries me. We shall see. I think Marvel learned we their lesson see. with Nazi Cap and that storyline. So I think yeah. they'll be a little, I hope they'll be a little more careful. And I, I also, you know, I think we've kind of gotten used to the, idea that he's not really going to stick around for long. Not, not that he's going to quit. It but, could be four issues. We don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, not that he's going to storm off and quit, but like he, he might only be planning like one arc, you know, we'll see. Who he, knows? He does have another yet to be announced six issue mini coming from Marvel as well. I guess they're buddies again. Yeah, I guess so. From the DC desk, Chip Zdarsky and Teeny Howard have called off Batman and Catwoman's honeymoon with DC's announcement of their next storyline. After this summer's Night Terrors event, Batman, the Gotham War, sees Bat's main squeeze taking the mantle of Gotham's new crime boss, setting the two on a collision course. It all starts in Batman, Catwoman, colon, the Gotham War, dash, battle lines, number one. A one shot, I'm sure, hitting the stands on August 29th. Here is your solicit for the Gotham War. A coordinated effort in Gotham City has led to a reduction in violent crime, but at what cost? Villains scatter as their lives begin to crumble under a new regime, and as Batman recovers from his epic battle through the multiverse and the horrors of night terrors, one name runs through his mind, one name at the heart of this new, safer Gotham. Catwoman. (gasps) I mean, that makes it sound like she's doing a good thing, right? Like, she's... Organizing the villains and making them less bad. I whatever. I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll get into we'll it. get into we'll it. We'll get into it. Now, Matt, neither of us wanted to see a married bad and cat, but is this an overcorrection, making them enemies? I I don't know. So, Zdarsky and Howard both said that they've been working on their stories toward this big shakeup of the Gotham power structure. I just kind of don't buy that. Selena is going to go full villain and i don't like selena's full villain like she's kind of interesting because she's in that gray area she's a thief she's a criminal but she's not like she's not a bad guy right she's not two-face she's not the black mask or some shit right no yeah and and i agree like i i i'm not interested in catwoman going back to being a villain i'm uh but we kind of got a story similar to this towards the tail end of, I think the new 52, or maybe it was early on in rebirth where Catwoman 
became like a, the boss of this cr- mafia family yeah. for th- through some sort of shenanigans. And it, and that was kind of like this weird deal, deal where she had to kind of, uh, she had to keep them under her thumb or keep them in check so that, you know, they weren't running rampant and murdering and poisoning the citizens of right. Gotham. Right. And I don't know. I, I think, I think the implication of her being a crime Lord is going to be something that elicits a gut reaction in Batman. And, but I think we'll find out that she's doing it. Maybe to protect Gotham. Maybe. Okay. I got a theory and maybe it's completely screwball. But first, if you're going to be the kingpin of crime in Gotham, you're a terrible person. You're a murderer. You are a well, very yeah. I mean, scary, bad person. So I kind of, I find it a little hard to believe that she can come in being like, we're not going to be that bad. <laughs> and they're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole the deal is that the villains total are... weenie. <laughs> the whole deal is that the criminals are running scared because of this new... Right. I get it. You know, it's a it's a, it's a, a bright new day in, in Gotham and, and things are doing better. And so criminals are like, we don't know what we're so doing. So here's anymore. where my theory comes in. Batman currently all screwed up. With his second personality, the Batman of... And his robot hand. Well, we'll get there, too. Enzer-R, whatever, right? Zer-N-R. Zer-N-R, sorry. Zer-N-R. That personality has been running some things behind the scenes that Bruce is not totally aware of. And if that personality figured it out and went, you know what? We've got to stop fighting the old way we used to, and I just need to put someone in charge of the criminal element. And Bruce doesn't know about it. Mm. The other Batman personality worked with Selena and said, this is what we have to do. Bruce is going to come at you, but he loves you too much to kill you, you know, or anything like that, you know, and you've just got to play it smart for now. You cannot tell him because there's no way he would go along with this. That is the way that is a clever way that they could put her in secretly in charge Working for Batman's multiple personality. I mean, I could see, I could swallow that. I can't swallow. She just goes, I busted out of jail. I found out my boyfriend only has one hand and he was lying about it. Screw I didn't this. She was in jail. <laughs> yeah, she so, was in jail. She busted I don't out. Re, I don't read that woman. She busted out and now she's bad. She's real bad, man. She's bad news. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's the case. I, I, I think that this is going to be, you know, I think it's, we've seen stories like this before. Oh, sure. Daredevil taking over the hand, you know, uh, where the a Punisher hero, taking a, over the hand. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where I, I, where a hero has stepped into a role contrary to their ethos. Right. Because they are working to either shut them down or keep them in check or whatever. And so I don't think it's going to be a matter of like, yeah, Catwoman's evil or no, I think it's going to be hard to believe. I think it'll be Catwoman stepping into a, like there's a power vacuum in Gotham. The criminals are scattered and Catwoman sees an opportunity to rally them and say, look, let, I can show you a better way. I don't know what that means for, you know, the pornographers and the pimps and the, right. <laughs> uh, and the, and the drug dealers and, right. and shit. But I mean, that's, you know, one day at a time, right? It's I like, suppose. she can't, it's not like flipping a switch, but if she, or if she's able to get these people in check and say, look, you know, 
I just don't think you can do I, that in Gotham, Joe. Well, but that's but maybe that's the story, right? Uh, is maybe. that it's a I, it's a disaster. I guess. Yeah, because like we've so, also had stories like this where Stephanie Brown, the spoiler, oh god, like the less we say about war games, yeah, the better. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I think the I think the I think the, the skeleton of we it. We learned, the premise, a, yeah, we learned a lesson in war games. Is that hey, sometimes enacting a plan that you think is going like. Causing a gang war because you think it's going to do more good than harm right. is not a good idea. <laughs> and so Catwoman saying, I'm going to take charge and I'm going to make things better in Gotham by uh, keeping these criminals from being. No, you're not. Okay. There could, no, you're not. There could be a it's hint. It's Gotham City, baby. They're, they could be dropping a hint to this in the titles. This runs through Batman 137, 138, Catwoman 57 and 58. Then there is a two-part series, Batman, Catwoman, The Gotham War, Red Hood number one and two, and then it finishes in Batman, Catwoman, the Gotham War, Scorched Earth. So a title like Scorched Earth certainly doesn't sound like the experiment ends well. <laughs> yeah. <know? laughs> so uh, I don't my, know. My th- <laughs> so I, I, like, I, like the, I like your theory, and I like my theory. They're two totally different theories that I think are very plausible. Yeah. I, like Cat, Catwoman being installed as crime boss by a Batman that Bruce Wayne doesn't know about or Catwoman stepping in because of a power vacuum, thinking she can make things better when actually it's going to be so much worse. Yeah. I can see that too. Like the other side of that being, she like realizes Bruce is going through this thing and he's messed up and she no longer trusts him as Batman. So she's like, I have to do something. I have to do something. (laughs) So the, the cover, this is neither here nor there because I think this comic book comes out within a matter of weeks, but uh, the next issue of Batman is uh Batman and Catwoman, uh, you know, uh, in a very serious kind of pose. And he is staring at his right hand. Yeah. And so it's like, he, the dude is dealing with some, he's keeping it a secret too. He's not telling He's anybody. dealing with some shit. Yeah. And I don't know. I, he got I straight still, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I, I really need, I really, really need Zdarsky to kind of make me feel better about Batman having a robot hand. But okay, I, we'll get, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I think it's, it's kind of neat. I, it's not know, out yet. Whatever. I don't care. I think it's kind of. Um. Neat. So you know, I, I think that this is, uh, I think this sounds like a fun story. I think that you know, I like that it's short and it's kind of yeah. Batman centric. It's not like this huge sprawling twenty part event. It's just. No, a few issues of Batman, a few issues of Catwoman, and a couple of tie-ins. And if it gets the bat it. and the cat away from each other, fine with that. Well, see, and I like Batman and Catwoman being a couple, but no, I understand. I don't. I oh on, yeah, of on again, off again, whatever. But I don't want them a couple. No way. <laughs> Why? What's wrong with? Don't you? like it. Don't need it. Batman's a busy guy. He he shouldn't even be doing that. No, she's a criminal. No, Joe. see, now you're you're talking about okay. Here we go. But like <laughs> Batman the, is a fascist, Joe, and she is a criminal. Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, they're both criminals, Matt. I like, I don't want to go back to a time where Batman is the, you know, uh, aggressive loner that pushes everyone. Like I want Batman to be in a healthier mental place, but you know, I get it. Different strokes. We'll see what happens. The Gotham war coming in August, just in time for my birthday. Uh, the biggest news is we got a new Dawn of DC uh, map with the timeline and the Gotham War falls firmly after Night Terrors. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, <Greg. laughs> Thanks for mapping that out for us. I mean, look, I I, I do like that they're um, it's fun. I do yeah. like that they're uncovering the map a little bit at yeah, the time. I mean, fun, I, that kind of gets my juices flowing.
Before we close out the news, let's do some quick takes on some smaller stories. It's time for Ludicrous Speed News. On this week's Rebro podcast, Jonathan Hickman revealed that had he not taken the X gig at Marvel, he was going to write the New Gods and the Legion of Superheroes at DC, Joe. Could Hickman be the guy to save your Legion? Yeah, 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 he could have. Why the hell not, right? Why the hell not? I think if they're like, look, we've fucked up the Legion so bad for so long. Jonathan Hickman. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Just go. (laughs) What could have been? What could have been? That could have been. And I think I I think I heard this rumor way back in the day that he was after he after he was done on Avengers, I think the rumor was that he was gonna do some stuff at DC Legion was one of them. Yeah, and that fell through. And with Jim Lee with Jim Lee on the art. Yep. Because Jim Lee did a bunch of Legion redesigns for fun. Yep. And that would have been that would have been something. Marvel wrote him an X-Men check, and that's all history. Yep. I mean, and hey, you know. It's been great. Can you can you imagine Jonathan Hickman New Gods? Oh, my God. I Holy, holy smokes. Yeah, I feel like I would have to have somebody read it to me and explain it to me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> Cullen Bunn and Gerardo Sandoval heard you loud and clear, Matt, and they're taking on a new mini at Marvel called The Death of the Venomverse. Hitting stands August 2nd. I'm wrong. That's just in time for my birthday. Uh where Carnage will be crossing dimensions to kill every version of Venom. Uh, does, this, does this plot sound familiar at all? This is exactly what's going on in the John Kent Superman book. This is the same story. I mean, this has <laughs> happened in many different comics. This I know, was the, but This was the plot of the kingdom where Gog was going right. back in time and killing like, uh, killing Superman every day going back. How many times time. are we going to repeat this? And look, we love Cullen Bunn. We love Cullen Bunn on the show, but you know what we don't love Cullen Bunn? Marvel. Work, working at Marvel. <laughs> like, I don't need it. Don't care. I mean, I, look, I, and this, like, I'm willing to try anything that Colin Bunn writes, except I don't really get into, I don't really dip my toes into the Venom verse at all. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care about Carnage. I do, they have made me I also care don't about, think it's going to be the death of the Venom verse. No, so. of course it won't. There'll be parts four, five, and six. You know they will. I don't yeah. care about Carnage. I care even less when Carnage becomes multiversal Carnage. I barely care about Venom because of a very good Donny Cates Venom run and a good Al Ewing Venom run. I don't give a shit about multiversal Venom. <laughs> I just don't care. So please, kill them all. Just don't make me read it. That's all I ask. <laughs> Jed McKay's Moon Knight is coming to an end with the Knight's End storyline starting in issue 25. But Marvel isn't real sure when that story actually ends, or maybe they're just not telling us yet. All we do know is Layla El Fauli shows up in number 25 and will become the Scarlet Scarab in an upcoming Moon Knight City of the Dead limited series by David Peepos and Marcelo Ferreira. I'm going to miss McKay for sure, but this isn't the end of Moon Knight, right, Joe? It's not going away forever, right? Forever, I'm sorry. Moon <laughs> Damn Knight it! Is, it's done. <laughs> Just like the Punisher, Matt. No more. Pun- Moon Knight, no more. No, of course not. Moon Knight's got it. Right. Moon Knight's, I believe... I don't think they've actually come out and said that there's going to be a Moon Knight season two, but what they have said is that Oscar Isaac's Moon Knight definitely has a place in the future of the MCU. Absolutely. We're not going to like Moon Knight. This book has been great and they're going to bring, they're going to bring it back with a new team. Sure. Who should uh, do it? That's my question. Who should write Moon Knight next? I don't know, dude. I like I everybody's take on Moon Knight is so crazy different. Yeah. I got two names that came to my head though. 
Alex Pacman, who I really like, who is being wasted on this Red Goblin and Carnage bullshit, or mm-hmm. Christopher Cantwell. I would love to see what Christopher Cantwell would Cantwell would be good. With Moon. Uh, Jack, oh, Kelly and Lanzig. I'd, I'd be totally I down. To, like, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like those, those dudes are great at coming in and just telling a really solid story. Yeah. Now, hot take an established here. Character. Oh, maybe not a hot take at all. I don't think we need to completely redo Moon Knight again. I think McKay has got in such yeah. a great place where we finally understand what's going on. The personalities make sense. They've built it all into a universe. He has a mission that makes sense. Just continue. Please, just continue. <laughs> you know? It's all yeah, I, I mean, I... They won't be able to resist a new status quo. That's just how these things go. Of but course. I, I do really enjoy the current situation where he is, you know, in the uh, in the neighborhood, kind of running the storefront. Yeah, the midnight mission uh, and like everything. The oh, midnight, great. yeah, the midnight mission. Great. Like I, I like all that stuff, you know. And so, yeah, I, I'll be sad to see it come to an end because I really like it. But that's great. That's good, right? It's like, yeah. He's wrapping it up on his own terms. He's yeah. getting out on top. Good job, Jed McKay. He's got to write like, the Avengers. In. He's a busy guy, you know? I mean, I get it. Hell yeah. Boy, what? the first series of that book was good, too. Was very good. Supernatural spinoff The Winchesters has been canceled at the CW after just one season. Matt, on a scale of one to devastated, how devastated are you? I am specifically not devastated. This show was bad. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I, it was guilty look, of being boring. <laughs> I love Supernatural. I do too. Love it. I do too. And I like all 15 seasons, even the bad ones. I love that show. Okay, that's the I watched the pilot episode of the Winchesters. It was not good. No. And I was willing to watch the season after it wrapped up and then showed up on Netflix or whatever. And then it got canceled. I'm like, well... I don't really care. You don't need to waste watch your it. time because just like you said, like well, because I know that like they they teased like um, an appearance by Dean. Like there was some well, sort of time travel. He was shit. in it a few times. Like yeah, Jensen Ankles showed up in a couple episodes. But here's the deal: what you said a minute ago. I love Supernatural, including the bad seasons. There were definitely bad seasons of Supernatural, but the reason we sure. watched it was because. Sam and Dean were so Sam wonderful together. Right. They had and that, the you know, chemistry. As well. There is no chemistry on this show, and it feels like a bad season of Supernatural. <laughs> right. And I like I thought the I thought that the main, I thought the main characters were wooden. I thought yeah. the supporting characters were so broadly painted. Like, yeah. yeah. No, like I just there was nothing about it that I really right. enjoyed. We got, we got and that was like good years. Let it go. Um, yeah, it's fine. And, you know, it's, it's Captain America 4 production designer Ramsey Avery told Collider that Anthony Mackie's upcoming movie will be firmly grounded at a street level. Joe Patrick, do you want to rethink your Seth Rollins as King Cobra bet? No, because why? Like, they can do the Serpent Society without I, them I think being the hate like snake sounds a lot weirdos. More, I think the hate monger sounds a lot more street level. Seth Rollins is not going to be the hate monger. We'll I cannot stress this enough. We'll see. They are not going to cast a wrestler as the huge Machiavellian villain orchestrating the New World Order in Cap 4. No. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mention that to your Black Adam, Mr. Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, and how good did that work out? That yeah, wasn't good. Okay, then. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I don't want to rethink my King Cobra bet. And street level doesn't mean anything. Like, no. they could be, they could still be slightly enhanced snake codenamed 
mercenaries. I, I think street level. We're not going to see anybody in a cybernetic tail. I think you know? street level's code for we've heard you guys whining about too much multiverse shit, but don't worry, this is Captain America punching people. I totally agree. That is your Nerd News Recap for the week. There's always more to discuss. You can join us for our gang hang on Saturdays from 11 to noon Central Time. Post in our Nerd News channel on the THN Discord. And you know what else we talk about on our Discord? The question of the week. Joe Patrick, what's our new question? Our new question of the week is courtesy of Luba Lin on Discord, a.k.a. Jim Stafford. Very, very talented artist. We love that guy. We do love that guy. What piece of media, whether it's a comic, a TV show, a video game, whatever, did you find yourself really enjoying but inexplicably did not finish? Why did you fall off of it? Would you go back? Is it too late? Media you were enjoying but just for some reason... I love this one, and it might make me actually go, why didn't I finish that and revisit it? Exactly. <laughs> you know? I, and we, we've all got them, right? Yeah. We've all got those Absolutely. things. I'm looking at a book right now, and I'm like, I loved that. Why did I stop reading it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. We'll do it. We'll do it in the Discord, and we'll talk about it in our gang hang next week. We have got another Cosmic Longbox episode coming this week where we dive into back issues and since the summer is here and movie blockbuster season is upon us, we're going to talk about some summer blockbuster comics when we revisit some classic summer annuals from Marvel and DC. It is going to be an oversized mess. Be sure to tune in. But until next time, true believers, my name is Matt Baum. And I'm the Internet's Joe Patrick. And this is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. <laughs>